Yeah. Hey, we are really glad you're here. Uh, welcome back. So yeah, and we have a whole different day we're doing today. But you got some stuff to introduce. Yeah, it's so good to see. You. My name's Andrew. I work here with Ray, and uh, great that you're on the, the Ray Johnson Leadership Podcast. So just a couple of things to head up. We're going to timestamp this one here for everybody out there. You got to remember that it is Valentine's weekend this weekend, and I would I've already written out my wish list for Isabel, and uh, yeah. She shredded it immediately. And so whoever you're married to, whoever the significant other is in your life, get ready for Valentine's and show the love to whoever that is. Um, and then or, I- basically, which if you're if you're a guy, you stay out of the doghouse. Yeah, okay. just do that. Be so, smart. Then, kind of like Mother's Day is a massive national holiday. <laughs> And Father's Day is like save the pregnant aphid day. I mean, it's like nothing. So <laughs> anyway, how are you doing, Ray? Just to start off, are you well? Good form, good life, family well, grandchildren, all of that. No, but I'm uh, getting through it. No, <laughs> it's good. We, um, uh, I am fired up about what we're doing today. Okay. Yeah, so. we really are. We're excited. So here's our subject today, and I'm going to say this: I am completely and absolutely out of my depth because this is what we're talking about on the back of Super Bowl weekend. We are talking about seven lessons every leader can learn from Tom Brady. It's the only NFL player I know in the world. I do not understand the game. So, Ray, this is going to be a big day for me. Yeah, I asked Andrew to do this with me because uh, we just had the Super Bowl, um, which is? Uh, Some type of weird... (laughs) Game. It looks like witchcraft to me, everybody. That's what That's it looks right. like. Because you grew up where there's where real football, okay, where the ball actually is round as a ball and you kick it with your foot. The secret's in the name. Yeah, or as we describe it, a sport for people that are too uncoordinated to use their hands and feet at the same time. <laughs> and so I figure I have Andrew do this with me so that he can learn a whole lot about American football. Oh, help me, Jesus. At this point, what we in America know about football is it's kind of the dominant sport. We also know if you watch Ted Lasso that any American coach from anything can go and coach a winning team in the UK. So well, you know what they say, don't believe what you see on TV, everybody. That's okay. right. So, hey, I'm going to dive right into it. And then we're going to go back and forth on this. Um, I, well, here's, I lost money on the Super Bowl game and I, I don't bet. Okay. I literally don't bet. I decided, I thought Tampa Bay is it's their first year. They haven't been in the playoffs in forever. They have no experience in the Super Bowl. Nobody on their team any experience. This were almost in the Super Bowl, and um, and Kansas City's quarterback by by far the most talented quarterback that I've ever seen. I mean, the guy's unbelievable. Okay, and so I went. They have the most talented quarterback. They have the most talented team. They won it all last year. So I am convinced Kansas City is going to win. And I was predicting like by a route, 21 points or more. Mm-hmm. So I did something that I have never done before <laughs> in my life. I put a $200 bet on Kansas City never, ever before. And I thought they're going to win it in a runaway. Okay. And, um, and then by the first quarter, I realized there's $200 right out the window. And I'm pretty sure it's God's way of making sure I do not become a compulsive gambler. Okay? <laughs> and But the more I watch the game, I'm going... Nobody thinks mm. Brady has a better arm than Mahomes. He's not as fast. Uh, he didn't win last year's Super Bowl. Uh, he is way too old to be doing this stuff. And I'm watching this game, and it wasn't even close. Okay. And, and what I realized is this. Brady on Sunday was not the best quarterback talent on the field. However, the team won the game going away. 
Mm. And I what I, I sat there on Sunday, this overwhelming sense, this is not about talent leadership. Mm. And so I have spent the entire week delving into what are the characteristics of Tom Brady that make him that kind of a leader? Fabulous. I cannot wait to hear this. I have obviously been in America six years, tried to watch the Super Bowl, fell asleep at halftime, you know, things like that. But <laughs> the name Tom Brady keeps coming up. Yep. That This legendary guy that just keeps winning. But it's not only that he has high talent, it's just seems he's character. So I can't wait to hear some of the stuff that's going to come out. Oh, yeah, it's fine. Uh, and just set, to set the stage for any of you that are going, I don't really have enough natural talent. You know, I am not Mahomes. Um, the, here's some facts. Tom Brady was not picked until the sixth round, okay? He was the 199th pick wow. in the draft, okay? And as one Sports Illustrated writer said, quote, they evidently teams aren't looking for a tall, lanky quarterback that ran a 5-3 in the 40, which you generally measure with a calendar, okay? Mm -hmm. Men's Health described it this way. The uh, the rub on Brady was always that he had Division One upper body, but the lower body of a scrub. And, and his high school coach said he has plotting platypus feet. <laughs> Even his former head coach, Bill Belichick, said, well, he's not a great natural athlete. And wow. so you're going, how in the world does that guy? Okay, so that's a guy with a lack of talent, uh, underappreciated, underwhelmed, um, and all of a sudden, he ends up becoming the greatest of all time. For example, that guy ends up going to um, 10 consecutive division titles, eight consecutive conference championships, 11 Super Bowl appearances, and he's won seven Super Bowl wins, which is more than almost any team in the history of the NFL has won. You're going, something's going on. Yeah. This guy has, and it is about leadership, not talent. Yeah. So I'm sure for, I mean, obviously, myself, there must be a lot of people out there. We look at some of the, le the incredible leaders in the world today, whether it be in politics, in business, in the church. And a lot of people rule themselves out, Ray, and they go, I don't Absolutely. have that type I don't have that sort of leadership physique or yeah. experience. What would you say to people immediately, just in that contrast with Brady and natural talent and how we develop leadership talent? Yeah, first thing, I'd, first thing I'd say is this. If you have incredible natural talent, then study Patrick Mahomes and figure out what to do with it, okay? <laughs> I mean, what he, he ran four or five miles avoiding being tackled, okay? Yeah, we well, that, that's just like a warm-up in soccer, by the way. <laughs> Four or five miles is like... He, the, the, mo the most amazing play I saw was he is running, he dives, he is perpendicular to the ground. He's about a foot and a half off the ground. He throws a strike to the end zone, and it's almost a touchdown. I mean, nobody... Wow. So if you have natural talent, study that guy. If you're going, no, I got to work for it, then learn some stuff from Tom Brady. And to kick this off, by the way, I have eight life leadership lessons from Tom Brady that will work in any situation. And I'm convinced can be applied by anybody. Okay. Um, but I'm going to start with this. Um, I read an article. It was great. I'm going to summarize the article rapid fire and then dive into the eight, but somebody wrote 10 leadership quotes and lessons from Tom Brady. These are brilliant. They actually wrote 21. I got rid of the 11 that weren't that great. <laughs> um, number one is this great leaders are calm under pressure. Great leaders are common. We'll come back to that. Kobe Bryant said this about Tom Brady. It has nothing to do with the crowd. It has nothing to do with the environment. He, you, you can't tell from Tom Brady if it's the Super Bowl or a third and 10 in any other game. He's just calm under pressure. Number two, great leaders are serious, okay? Um, and Bryant said about him, man, the thing I respect about it, he has, his great quote, he has a certain mm. seriousness to him, mm -hmm. okay? 
Uh, that's lacking in a lot of leaders. They're going, man, this guy's taking this thing seriously. Number three is this, great leaders are consistent, okay? Um, he said, Kobe Bryant said, it's very hard to replicate. That is a brilliant thing. Yeah. It's hard to replicate time and time and time and time again. In other words, great leaders are consistent. We'll come back to that as a value later. Number four is this, great leaders know what to focus on. This is brilliant, okay? Mm. We always have a choice of what we want to focus on. And this morning in our staff meeting, pretty much I think we gathered our whole staff yeah, first yeah. time we've been back. And a lot of it was about what do we want our staff focused on? Jesus in the future. Yeah, yeah. But we had to get them to that, okay? Number five is this, great leaders choose to be positive. Okay. We can focus. Here's a quote, Brady. We can focus on the things that didn't work and didn't go right. And do we have a ton of that? Or you can focus on the positive things in your life and be optimistic. Um, since COVID, every pastor I know, including me, probably Andrew, yeah. wants to resign, <laughs> wants to quit. We want to, or we want to fire. I didn't want to tell you. But... Good. Don't. Um, you go, I go. The, we, we, great leaders figure out them when they choose to be positive, but they also figure out what voices do I listen to and what do I tune out so I can stay positive. Yeah. Okay? Number six. Great can I jump in on that one, Ray? Yeah. One of the things I, I've noticed with you <laughs> is you, you never fill the room with yes people. You never do that, but no. you do feel you fill the room with positive people. People that will sometimes say yes, however. We need yeah. to think about that, but you just have a balance. You're ready for pushback. Where do you think that comes from or is it just trying to be smart? I think it, I think it is. It's any room you're going into, if you're the leader, and Brady did this with Tampa Bay, you're going mm. into a room and you're going, I got to create momentum, mm. okay? Ne the, because there is no room without momentum. Negative momentum is present. And if it's not negative and it's not going forward, then you're in a stall, which is lack of momentum. Both those things mm -hmm. are lack of momentum. So you go into a room and go, how do you create positive momentum? Yeah, okay? and that's and great. Like it's what we did today. Every It's why most meetings that we have, yeah. um, I start with this question. I just go, before we dive into stuff, what's going right, okay? Mm. What's going right? Who's killing it? Our staff meetings, a lot of times, we begin with this question. We go, hey, shout outs. And what are yes. shout outs? Uh, well, our shout outs are just, and it's our part of our culture. We can't do a meeting without it. It is just what is going right in the world of Bayside. And you know what it normally is? It's highlighting people that don't get the microphone, that don't have like, let's say the largest platforms, but are probably making the highest impact right. in our whole world and making sure that they shout out, that, yep. that they're yep. celebrated. Yep, that's exactly right. Um, the uh, uh, sixth one is this great leaders realize they're in a marathon. Okay. A football season is like running a marathon, long leadership in church is like mm. running a marathon. As you got to realize this is a marathon. Number seven is this great leaders experience great emotional bandwidth. Mm. There are unbelievable highs and unbelievable lows. Um, if you're launching anything, I always tell, I always tell pastors, you know, the minute you're launching, launching a new church, launching the highs are higher and the lows are lower. And here's Brady's words. He goes, there's anger, there's disappointment, there's sadness, but there's also the joy. Uh, there's joy. It was, it, leaders have an emotional bandwidth. And I, the older I've gotten, the more I've gone, you know what? If, if it's a high, go with it. If it's a low, don't. Mm, yeah, and try to be self-disciplined. Um, uh, but great leaders have an emotional bandwidth. Number eight is this great leaders, but this should be in the church and it isn't. It should be drilled in seminaries for pastors and it isn't. Great leaders have mental toughness. Nobody ever talked to us about yeah. being mentally tough yeah. ever in anything, okay? Um, Tom Brady said this, you have to have enough mental toughness to push through whatever 
it takes to play your best. It's wow. a mental toughness thing. And uh, it's fine. Most of the time when people are coming to me going, I'm going to quit, I'm going to quit, I'm going to quit, I'm going to quit. I would love to hand them a sign and say, instead of saying, I'm going to quit, why don't you just say, I'm not mentally tough. I'm not mentally tough. I'm not mentally tough. I'm not mm. mentally tough. Now there's reasons underneath it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But mental toughness is is something that probably should be developed early on in life and leadership. Okay. And Brady has it. I well, mean, he's a wimpiest looking guy, you know, yeah. he's too tall, too skinny. But hey, the little that I know about him, I call it the Elijah factor. You know, Elijah got himself isolated and he just yes. went down and down and down. And the only way he got back up was by actually identifying an Elisha, getting someone into his life. And Brady just seems to be, I'm sure you're going to highlight this later. He just seems to be able to pull the right people around him. Yeah. He He's not inward focused. He's outward focused. And the one, cl- I didn't watch the game, by the way, people, uh, you know, I just, you know, I want to enjoy it. What are we going to do? But but I did watch this at the end when they were giving out the awards and all of that. They said, you turned this team around. And he just, he deflected immediately. And he pointed everybody out. And it just seems like a smart guy that he's going, it's not about me, it's about others. And it builds great resilience in him. Yeah, that's right. While we were all watching the game and Andrew was watching Anne of Green Gables, the um, (laughs) side and prejudice. (laughs) Number nine, great leaders learn to love preparation i mean Mm. or at least in my case great leaders try to learn to love preparation but whatever it takes you prepare okay Uh, brady says this i go out to practice i have learned to love preparing to play football that is really strong and number 10 on this short list is this great leaders work hard very hard Mm -hmm. he says football was my first love and for me to love it like that has always allowed me to work hard at it. Um, I just, that's sort of an introductory thing, but they're all brilliant. And, yeah. and unfortunately, a lot of those things were missing as we develop leaders yeah. in any other field than sports and set. Okay, so. that's fabulous. Well, 10, like 10 golden, golden rules. So that, right, let's Good dive way. into these seven yep. things, seven things that we can learn from the incredible goat himself, yep. Tom Brady. Number one, right? Number one is going to sound surprising. And here it is. Uh, if you take a look at all the research I've done on Brady, and here it is. Number one is this. If you're a leader, you will have disappointments. Sorry. Mm. If you're if you're a leader, you will have disappointments, and they come in three areas. Almost every time you're discouraged, <clears throat> almost every time you're disappointed or depressed, it's one. The source is one of three things: it is people, circumstances, or yourself. People, circumstances, or yourself. As a matter of fact, anytime I'm discouraged, I'm going, "Is it people like mm. this drive me crazy, or or is it circumstances?" This happened, this happened, this happened, COVID, all the stuff. Or uh, a lot of times it's myself. Why did mm. I say that? Why didn't I say that? Why didn't I do this? Matter of fact, this pandemic ended, we've had this conversation. We're like, man, if we could rewind to March. Oh, my goodness. We'd be prepared to lead a pandemic. I oh, wouldn't yeah. do anything the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just, and so I'm ready for the next pandemic. <laughs> but you will have disappointments. Um, it's interesting. Brady, w- the inside story of him, he, you know, he wants to be drafted. Okay. He goes into the draft thing. He expected to get drafted in the third round out of the University of Michigan. And the third round came and went, well, he saw the second or third round. Um, about the fourth round, he actually went outside and cried. Oh, he's literally in tears. Didn't help him. Fourth round, fifth round, sixth round. He has picked 199th out of all that kind of stuff. Now the, um, 
the, here's the deal. If you're, if you're in anywhere where you can take notes, jot this down, okay? Discouragement always, disappointment always has a source. People circumstance yourself. Mm -hmm. Here's the key. We're all, you will have disappointments, okay? Here it is, okay? Don't let those derail, discourage, or define you. Mm. Don't let those derail you. Don't quit. Don't walk out. Don't let those discourage you. And don't let them define you, especially the defining you thing, okay? <clears throat> He's picked 199th. Mm -hmm. He walks up to the owner of the New England Patriots <laughs> when he was introduced to him. And he walked right up to him, shook his hand and said, I just want you to know I'm the best decision your organization has ever made. That's his 100. Wow. That's the first thing he said to the owner before he'd ever put him in on the field. Okay. Wow. And, um, and what's interesting is Tom, let me give you his words. Brady said this, you can make life a lot harder for yourself by focusing on negative things in your path or making excuses for why things didn't go your way. How you deal with disappointment and move beyond them will affect whether or not you have a vibrant future. That's just really good. And number one leadership thing is you'll have disappointments. The problem is we're going, oh, geez, if God were to helping me, I yeah. wouldn't have any of these things. Yeah, that's incredible. Right. What, what, you know, uh, you know, there's no prepared answers for these questions, but people, circumstances, yourself, and this, this is genius <laughs> advice. Uh, I mean, I know rightly when I identify myself, I can change that. What about when I can't change my circumstances, when my circumstances are like just disappointing and I don't have a wand, I'm not in charge, I'm not the governor, I'm not the president, I just can't do anything about it. What do you do or what, what's sort of been some of your habits at that moment in time? E easy. Um, the, the first thing I do is I go, charge my batteries above those circumstances, mm. okay? And and the here's how I'd put it, and why 24-7, okay? There's challenges, mm -hmm. and those are a lot circumstantial. There's yeah. challenges, and but there's people and there's <laughs> other. There's a lot of challenges, and then the support level, mm -hmm. okay? And when challenges go above the support level, mm -hmm. the gap in those two is dangerous stress. Yeah, It's when self-harm happens, medicating it and becoming an alcoholic happens, um, a lot of affairs are inappropriate stress relief. Okay? Mm, and so when challenges and when challenges rise above support, all of a sudden you're in danger zone. Okay? Yeah. And so you're going, I can't really lower those challenges. I have to raise my support level. Okay. Uh, so for example, this week I'm, I'm facing a ton of stuff. That's very mm -hmm. challenging. Monday morning I got up and I went, Oh man, I just feel under the pile. I deal with mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff. And um, the first thing I did was I texted, you were one of my texted mm -hmm. guys and said, mm -hmm. can we get together for two hours? Yeah. And then a bunch of us went out to lunch mm -hmm. and uh, we actually had a breakfast yeah. and a lunch. By the time I was done, the, the, the thing had leveled. My yeah. support level went up mm -hmm. to the challenges. And then we just kept asking the question, all right, how do you create a win? Yeah. But I can't ask the creator. So really it's number two recharge your batteries. Then I ask the question, how do you create a massive win in the situation? Mm -hmm. But I can't answer that question until I, until I yeah. get my, get my support level. Get the up. levels so up. That's great. Great. great okay. Great so number one is uh, football is disappointing. No, no, that's not what you said. Okay. <laughs> you will have disappointments. Okay. Number two. Okay. Talent is not enough. Talent is not enough. Um, there is no question which quarterback has more physical talent in the Super Bowl. And there's no question who won his seventh ring. And, um, and which means <laughs> talent's not enough. It's all about character. Okay. Let me give you a quote. Bill Belichick actually said this. He said, talent sets the floor 
character sets the ceiling. Oh, that is awesome. So good. Okay? Why is Brady in the NFL? Because he has enough talent. That's his floor. Mm -hmm. Why is he just won his seventh Super Bowl? Because character sets the ceiling. And mm -hmm. whether it's in ourselves or, or the people we surround ourselves with, this is a huge thing. I want to give you four leadership character traits. These are worth, I'm trying to develop these in me. I'm yeah, trying yeah. to be this person, but, but I'm great. also trying to develop these in other people. It's mm -hmm. not easy. Mm -hmm. Or in my own kids, stuff like that. Uh, number one is this. Um, leadership trait number one, and none of these things are fun, by the way. Number one is this. Uh, leadership character is willingness to absorb pain. Mm. It's willingness to absorb pain. There are leaders I like and leaders I don't like, there, but there are leaders that I respect and leaders that I don't respect. And I do not respect a leader that is not honest. And instead of or absorbing play, the, the pain, they transfer it to other people, okay? Mm -hmm. The highest form of Christian leadership is being a shock absorber. Yeah. We take the shocks so that the church has a smooth ride. And then when the church has a smooth ride, God's able to work. People stay in there. They're helped. They're healed. Marriage, all of this kind of stuff. When we don't take it, trans, when we don't, when we're unwilling to be a shock absorber and absorb pain, yeah, yeah. it transfers to the to the church. Yeah, yeah. That's tragic. Number two, so leadership characteristic trait number one is willingness to absorb pain. Number two is this, it's willingness to work hard. It's willingness to work hard. Brady's workout schedule is insane. The off season, he's working out two to four hours a day. He, he works out twice a day during the off season. And in season, he works out three times a day. I mean, it's insane. Okay. He just willingness to work hard. I'm wondering, does Tom Brady work harder on staying in shape than pastors do on their sermons? Moving along. Number three is this <laughs> willingness, willingness to absorb blame, mm. a willingness to absorb blame. I love this. Brady threw credit everybody else's way yeah, and absorbed and absorbed. Mm -hmm. Joe Montana, who was my favorite quarterback of all time, yeah, Joe yeah. Montana. Um, the legend about Montana was this, when something screwed up and a lineman screwed up or anybody screwed up, he immediately ran to the sidelines after the third down, mm -hmm. ran up to Belichick and said, man, that was my fault. It was never his fault. Wow. But he ran up and took the heat. And because of that, his people loved him, okay? And which means the, as a leader, I've got to put myself in a situation where I'm going, uh, even if it's not my fault, I am going to transfer the blame to myself mm -hmm. and believe I have enough leadership credibility to handle it, That's okay? Um, and, like that. and number four character trait of leadership is this willingness to accept feedback. Willingness to accept feedback, okay? Um, the, and... I just think there's there's three kinds of people, and they are people that avoid feedback, people that accept feedback, but there are people that seek feedback, and the, those people that are looking for feedback to me, that is a huge character thing. Matter of fact, in two thousand, this was in this was in an article I wrote on Brady because Brady had to accept some feedback yeah. from Belichick in two thousand nine. Brady was spending <laughs> a lot of time in the limelight with his wife and model Giselle. Over the next two seasons, it was obvious two thousand ten to it was obvious that the shift in lifestyle was affecting him. His performance fell off during that time. The team failed to win a single playoff game. Okay. Becoming worried that his star quarterback and team leader was losing his focus, Belichick had a talk with Brady. And get this, Belichick says to Brady, he gave him an ultimatum, get focused again or get wow. out. Wow, wow. Get focused again or get out. Probably a whole bunch of people.
Okay. Um, from that point forward, the Patriots won 11 of 15 playoff games, breaking an insane record, winning countless conference championships, and ran, th- ran three more Super Bowls instantly. Brady won, was the quarterback, he said, and he won the Super Bowl and the league MVP twice each time. Oh, that's okay. brilliant. And so I think it's interesting. I know people where they have a lot of personal character, mm-hmm. treat people well, stuff like that. Yeah. But when it comes to leadership, they don't have leadership character. Yeah. So, so this feedback stuff so important. You actually talked this morning about uh, Henry Cloud, Dr. Henry Cloud yes. that was on oh, your podcast. Brilliant. And he was saying about the three types of people and the wise. And, and they are. Well, well, uh, there's the wise, there's the foolish, and there's the evil, yep. you know, in life. Yep. And But he, he, you were highlighting this morning, Ray, how the wise are just wanting that advice. Yep. They're just looking yep. for it all the time. And why? That's yeah. what makes them wise. Yeah, if you're managing people, it's really smart to teach them this. Uh, Henry Cloud, this is one of my main COVID learnings. He said, you can categorize all human beings. He goes, Proverbs does it for us. You got wise, foolish, and evil. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he said, how do you spot them? The wise person, when you try to correct them or give them feedback, they respond with openness, Mm. humility, teachability, and they grow and get better, okay? When you give feedback like that to somebody that's foolish, they respond with attack. Mm. And now he's with corporations most of the time where they're trying to grow people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he said, when that happens, you probably have no future with that person. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's just really oh, yeah. smart stuff I, about. Yeah, feedback. I love what he says as well. For the wise, there's advice. For the foolishness, there's consequences. And for the evil, there's guns and lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, so that's it. Number two, then Ray, is talent is not enough. Number one was you will have disappointments. <laughs> Number three is stay cool. Even keep calm. That's right. Even in the most difficult of times. Yeah. Everything I read about Brady, almost every single thing I read about him was, geez, the guy's a great leader because he keeps his cool and he stays cool. And the harder things get, he he actually gets calmer. Okay. Um, Matter of fact, uh, the Bleacher Report said this about him. Brady never panics or even looks bothered. When the pass rush closes in, he finds an open man. He makes great decisions, which is a characteristic of staying calm. He makes good throws and calmly adjusts on the move. Even the best, this is awesome, even the best veteran quarterbacks can collapse under the pressure of the Super Bowl. Brady, in his first Super Bowl with no experience and the world stacked against him, was as cool as it gets. And as I started unpacking this for leaders, I went, boy, keeping your cool when everybody else is losing theirs does four things for you. Okay. Number one is it lowers stress and panic and stress and panic do not bring good things Mm. in any setting. Number two is when you keep your cool, it helps you make good decisions. It almost every decision Mm -hmm. in the heat is a bad decision and destructive decision. I quit. That's good. Number three is this when it does employees feel motivated, the, your team, people around you, the congregation, when you keep your cool, it actually motivates them, okay? Mm-hmm. And number four is directly written number three, the culture of the workplace improves to the degree that the leader stays calm and keeps his cool. Oh, that's cool. good. Um, and, and by the way, another great example, that Joe Montana, okay? It's a legendary thing. Montana is in the Super Bowl and it mm-hmm. looks like they're going to lose, okay? They have got it. They have got like a couple minutes left they are on their own 10 yard line or something. And, um, and Montana's got it and they have like two minutes to go 90 yards and score a touchdown or they lose the Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay. And Montana's got his huddle and he was just so cool. They nicknamed him Joe cool. He said to these guys, they're all huddling up. The fans going crazy. The tensions off the charts. Everybody else would be a nervous wreck. Montana stops. and He goes, Hey, whoa, whoa, they're in the huddle. And he goes, Hey, wait, everybody stand up. Look over there. He goes, see that guy in the front row. Isn't that the actor, John Candy? 
Oh, wow. And all the players were like, <laughs> you could see it in videos. They're all looking, they're going, I think so. And, and it was just, they were, the whole team, the, those guys there, they all relaxed. They went, this guy's got this. Mm. It raised their confidence level and they went down, scored the Dutch center one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there is something about staying calm. Brady's the same way. I mean, down by 25 points. Yeah. He's challenged his team, but he's not losing his cool and they come back and win the Super Bowl. Yeah. I, I've noticed this one thing with you, Ray, and, and it's how you create calm when there's, you know, some of the pressure that's coming on difficult times. I would, I've never used this phrase before. I would almost call it um, the 24 hour, you know, rule yeah. of where, I, you know, we've talked about stuff. What are we going to do? And it would seem like it's so pressing. And you would go, hey, maybe the smart thing right now is to take 24 hours, just let it percolate. Yeah. Let's think about it and come back when we've just let it process. Yeah. Yeah. The key to life is postpone stuff. <laughs> just, but, hey, when, sometimes you're just going, when we're in, when we're in panic mode, we're mm -hmm. in microwave mode yeah. and crockpot leadership tends to be much smarter. And we have a really good team around here. Yeah, and yeah. Andrew, you're one of the wisest guys I've ever met. And you've got perspective from decades of ministry in other countries. And so I feel like, oh, why don't we just calm down? Let's come back together. Mm -hmm. The atmosphere in the room will be different. It lets us have conversation in between time. And yeah. we tell, we, I mean, we did the same this morning with staff meeting. They're yeah. like, okay, let's, we put it out there decided let's re-meet 24 hours later and it was a really good meeting yeah fantastic so. fantastic okay speaking of microwave we got to keep this going okay we do, yes so uh number four confidence comes first yeah believe in yourself yeah believe in yourself and it's really hard to say that to anybody that's uh that's a person of faith because they're going oh self-confidence mm. you know what about this um the, I like it. The apostle Paul writes my life versus Philippians one, six, Paul writes, I am confident of this yes. because here's what happens. If you don't believe in yourself, well, let me give it self-belief is a massively important factor because if you don't believe in you, mm. why should your team, why should your people as the leader of a team, when the team believes in you, mm -hmm. it actually increases their belief in themselves. And what's interesting is Tom from day one, Tom Brady was written off. He's too skinny, too slow, too immobile. And for the last five years, people have been saying he's too, too old. <laughs> too, okay? It makes me want to start actually playing football. I'm looking at all of this. Hey, I qualify. Well, welcome to a real sport. <laughs> um, the, um, and what's interesting is this, but one writer put it this way, all, with all that Brady never doubted himself. He always mm -hmm. said he would play for another few years. Now he's going, Hey, I'm playing until at least 45. Matter of fact, before the Super Bowl, somebody asked him a question and he said, Oh, he said, we will be much better next year. Mm -hmm. Okay. We will be much. And I believe they will. Okay, we mm -hmm. will be much better next wow. year. And I'm going, he that that self-confidence, that self-belief is a really big thing. Okay. A CNBC analyst said this about him. On the field, Tom conveys contagious confidence, especially when his team is behind. That's brilliant. Or at any moment when his players need him the most. Mm. He'd be, he's become a student of body language and does his best to make sure he sends his teammates the right message through his posture and through his actions. And by the way, Confidence does three things for you. Confidence helps you bounce back. Number mm -hmm. one, it helps you bounce back. Number two is this, confidence is critical for motivating a team. Motivating team, and it's your, if I wanna be a more motivational leader, mm -hmm. I have got to be more confident. And number three, confidence inspires the team to perform at higher levels. Yeah. Um, I, matter of fact, I, when I wrote this book, The Hope Quotient, um, I was studying for this, I ran into a Gallup survey. 
And the Gallup survey was shocking. Yeah. And the Gallup survey said this, if nothing about you changed, same background, finances, mm -hmm. looks, everything. If nothing about you changed, except for one thing, you were slightly more confident. Mm -hmm. What would happen? Massive study. Here's what they discovered. People with a higher level of confidence have more satisfying relationships. They're more productive, less affected by stress, more successful, more satisfied, more compassionate, more willing to help other people in need, physically healthier. They hold themselves to higher moral and ethical they're more likely to assume leadership, and they are more likely to see God as loving, caring, and forgiving. And even science bears this out. Um, the, uh, according to the Science Magazine, we are biologically equipped with the potential to allow more confident people to have greater sway over our own beliefs. Yeah. That's from a brain researcher that told Barron's Magazine that. Mm -hmm. And I think people are going, where is somebody that has confidence? That's the person I want to follow. Wow. So in, in here, in terms of Christian leadership, this confidence is not a, a pride arrogance. This is just a godly confidence that he's called us, he's equipped yes. us, like Paul speaking to Timothy, you've got the gift of God in your life, be courageous, you know. So that's what we're talking about. This it's a godly confidence. That's exactly right. And it's funny. And I think the a mark of confidence is I have future vision. Okay. Mm -hmm. A mark of confidence. I think I get it. You get with God, you get with people, and you, you basically go, anybody without future vision will not have confidence. And your confidence in the future is in fact, one psychologist put it this what you believe about your future is more important than anything that has happened to you in your past. I mean, that is really, really good. And so this whole thing, I mean, I actually believe fresh vision creates creates confidence, which frees people from their basket of the future. Fantastic. So. Okay. Number five then. So important. Great leaders set or reset the culture. Yeah. Great leaders set or reset culture. A great, le great leaders, um, they are a thermostat, not a thermometer. They walk in and they shape the atmosphere of the room. They shape the atmosphere of the team. And, um, and the, and Brady has done that since day one. He walks in. Now, I heard one of his teammates in an interview this week, and one of, this is a former teammate, and they were mm -hmm. interviewing this guy on ESPN, and the teammate said, he doesn't look like it. He's the toughest guy you've ever met. Mm -hmm. He's tougher than any of the big He is the toughest guy you've ever met. And he said, he said, I hurt my wrist. And Brady said, oh, he goes, go to my guy. He'll help fix that, and he'll lower your pain level. Mm -hmm. And um, the guy lowered his pain level and came back to Brady and said, that guy's, that guy's good. And he said, okay, good. We're going to get out there. The guy said, I don't know if I can play with this. And he said, Brady looked right at him and said, are you kidding me? Because I play with injuries worse than that all the time. We're going after this. Mm. He reset, wow. he raised the toughness. And I think that happened down there. He yeah. raised the toughness of the whole thing. Okay. Um, and, and I really like this. And it's, yeah. it's really resetting culture. Okay. But what would you say, because there's a lot of people out here uh, probably watching the podcast, and they're not all senior leaders. They don't have the final call. And what I find interesting about him that, you know, in his former team, he's not the coach. That's Bill Belichick back yep. in, the, you know, I know that little, okay, with the Patriots. <laughs> what do you say to people, Ray, that, I, that might be watching this and going, well, I'm not, I'm not the number one leader. How can I set the culture Brady seems to show, okay, he's not the coach, but he he's just he's setting that culture. Oh, the co Tampa Bay coach in the uh, the day the day later, so Tom Brady came in and changed the team. Yeah, uh, you know, which it need um, fourteen straight years um, and never making the playoffs. One guy arrives who's not a great athlete. Yeah, and you know, and 
Super Bowl champions. Yeah. Okay. And what he does, he went in, he went in and reset culture. Yeah. So if I'm a if I'm a youth pastor, I'm not the senior pastor, but I'm a youth pastor. If I'm the women's director or whatever, adult ministries, how can I help set the culture of a church, an atmosphere from the seat that I'm sitting in? I think it's a that's that's a whole let's do a whole webinar on that. <laughs> okay. Seriously. Absolutely. And, and part of the reason is that there is you can't reset a culture by walking into a meeting and resetting it. You can actually reset the, you can raise temperature of the room, but you're going, yes. there are leaders you meet with, leaders you recruit. You've got to build a team yeah. that has your culture, or you've got to get the team that ha- that doesn't have your culture to get it. You got to figure out who's on board, who's off board, Brilliant. Uh, you know, stuff like that. I mean, I took over, I was a youth pastor one time at a church. They'd never had a youth pastor. And I walked in and I mean, you could just tell these kids were bored, apathetic <laughs> church brats. I mean, you know, partying on the weekend, nobody's taking their faith seriously. And I literally went, I have got to change culture of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. It took about six months. Wow. Okay. And, and I, but I started doing it one by one. I started picking off these kids and raise their commitment level. And, you know, and then we formed a student leadership team and they had to apply to get on it. So I actually got, so it's resetting culture should be a whole different thing. Yeah. Um, by the way, but I do think, so let's do a future. I, 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 we got to do that. How do we set culture? Yeah. The, what's interesting about this is though, Brady did a great thing after the Super Bowl to reset culture. Um, mm-hmm. And what he did was this. He he did two things. He he was he got in a guy's face on the other team. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he was so far to got in a guy's face. After the game, Brady apologized to that guy. Wow. That's that is culture. That's mm-hmm. class. Okay. Fine. And then the um and then there was a guy, one of Brady's teammates, uh one of the linemen, f- thought he'd make the Pro Bowl. Like mm-hmm. and, he, and he was so bum to be overlooked for the Pro Bowl. Guy was devastated. Tom Brady said, I'm going to reset this guy's culture. He walked right up to the guy and he took his arm and he said, hey, man, you should have been in that. But here's what I was saying. The Pro Bowl is not what we're aiming for. We're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, totally yeah. reset the guy's mind. Okay. So, just reset and, and On the culture, I just want to bring this thing up. One thing I've observed you, Ray, that you walk into a busy room. Okay. Most people can make it from the back to the front of that room in about five seconds, the width of the room. It takes you about five minutes. You're, you're, you're yeah. grabbing people's arms. You're stopping with them. What, what's all of that about? I like people <laughs> <laughs> and, and everybody, everybody needs encouragement. Uh, I mean, the, I generally like people and um, matter of fact, I'll, I have met pastors, large church pastors where I'm going, they like crowds. They don't like people. Mm. And eventually that's going to leak through. Okay. I mean, you know, I, the last time I checked our Bibles, we're supposed to love God and love people. Yeah. So so, script. But I'm not sure I'm that good at that. Oh, no, you're pretty good. You're pretty good. Okay, number six, invest in your most dependable people. Yeah, this was a brand new, never thought about it as a character, as a quality here. Um, Tom Brady figures out who's dependable. So does Belichick. And their definition of dependable is this, mental toughness and character. Mental toughness and character. Okay, And there's a great leadership lesson. Here it is. A jerk may be able to produce great results, but the rest of the team suffers and you won't win in the long run. The only way to win is to find people <laughs> that you can depend on, okay? And I love it. Let me give you a, here's how Tom Brady put it. He said, it's about dependability consistently and being able to improve. On a personal level, the one thing I've definitely learned is you've got to count on your most dependable mm. people. Now, I actually believe he learned all this from Bill Belichick, because mm-hmm. here's what Bill Belichick says about this. Your future, it might not be about your most talented person, but you count 
on your most dependable people. Mm. And, there's, and really, you're going, if you want to know somebody's dependable, you go, can I count on them? Okay. Yeah. There have been times where I have put too much responsibility on people that weren't dependable and they didn't come through. Whose fault is that? Mine. Mm-hmm. I should have known that I couldn't trust them. Okay. And the other thing, Belichick said this integrity, dependability, and character can overcome a perceived lack of talent any day. Okay. And I think one of the things we've all learned these days is crisis among the other things it does mm-hmm. crisis reveals. And what we're all learning is this, who can we depend on? Yeah. Who can we depend on to be there? Mm-hmm. Who can we depend on to show up? Who yeah. can we depend on to work? Who can we depend on to be stable? Yeah. Who can we depend on to be on our side, not on our back? Yeah. Who can we depend on to be wise? Who can we depend on to not talk out of a room? You mm-hmm. know, I mean, that's it's a really huge thing. And um, and both Brady and Belichick, man, they hammered the dependable thing. Because I was I was always watching New England Patriots. That's an American football team. All right, okay. And uh, I was going, <laughs> nobody on this team looks that talented. Okay? Mm-hmm. But they were dependable. It was really good. That, this is a whole focus thing. I remember uh, Ray, my buddy down in Southern California, he, his church went through a difficult time and he thought some people are going to leave. And he said, the amount of time yes. that I spent with them and, and imploring them and trying to placate them and going on dinners and da, 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 and they left anyway. And he said, and I realized, your heart. That I, he said, I spent so much time with them and I was not spending any time with the people that were going to stay and had stayed for years and just brilliant. it really says I just lost focus. So I think this is so, so important. Yeah, a good, another, another good way to put that is this, you cannot build a business, a church on flaky people. You just mm. can't do it, which means, and there are a lot of people, they're flashy, but they're Flaky. Yeah. And you go, where are the dependable people around here? You can trust them, lean on them. And there's, where are the people you're going, man, we will put the church on their shoulders and they'll walk it through the future. Yeah. They're going, I got you. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. And just for everyone out here, I, I don't know what sort of image you have a base side that can look like podcasts and thrive conferences and worship and all of this. But I was just over at sermon prep before this. This is when all our pastors and leaders, whoever's preaching at the weekend and a bunch of other people get together. And I looked at that Zoom call. And there, there was Darlene Anderson. Yes. There was yes. Teresa Maloney. Yes. And I just thought, like, they're the backbone of our church. No they ask for no accolades. They don't get on a stage on Sunday with a guitar. But we have been lost without Oh, them. no kidding. No kidding. Yeah. They'll, they'll, their reward will be in heaven. Yeah. And we'll have a hard time getting in their neighborhood. Uh, that's right. So we'll need a pass. Okay. So here we go. Seven things that we've all learned from Tom Brady. What an education this has been for me today, everybody. You will have disappointments. Talent is not enough. Stay cool and calm in difficult times. Confidence comes first. Believe in yourself. Great leaders set or reset culture. Invest in your most dependable people. And the last one, Rick. Uh, I actually have two more. Okay, come on. <laughs> so I have a bonus number eight, and I could not leave it out. Okay, um, the number seven, and this is massive. Here it is: Don't go it alone. Don't mm. go it alone. And the key to leadership question is this: Can you recruit and develop high-quality teammates who will perform at a really strong level, elevate your game, and help you achieve the goals that you have set? Um, Bryce Jessup. One of my mentors who's now in heaven, mm-hmm. Bryce used to say all the time, I just did two things. Dream a dream, build a team. Oh, dream a dream, brilliant. build a team. Brilliant. Okay. And mm-hmm. so what he did was he, he he actually built a support team of people that weren't working for him. So he would dream up stuff 
for Jessup University and other yeah. things. And he had a whole team of 12 guys, and he built these 12 guys over years, and they had his back. They met about every three months. Dream a dream, build oh, a team. That. Okay. And um, and what's and by the way, all you had to do was watch the game, okay, and you saw it. There were four touchdowns in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers victory over the Kansas City Chiefs. They were scored by three players, Rob Gronkowski, two touchdowns, Antonio Brown, one, Leonard Fournette, Brady handed off to him for a rushing touchdown. Each of these three players is someone who was not playing for their team ago, and Brady went personally and recruited each one of these guys. Mm. And he was like, I need some guys that can hang with me and can make this happen. And so like, for example, first Gronkowski. And if you haven't seen the T-Mobile commercial, trust me <laughs> and just look up Tom Brady, uh, Gronkowski, T-Mobile. It is the funniest, most clever commercial I've seen in a long time. But Gronkowski, he's retired. Okay, he is retired. He's not playing football. And, and Brady calls him and talks him back to come play Okay. And in matter of fact, the coach said, Oh, about Gronkowski, it was really Tom. I didn't even think it was a possibility. And Brady was adamant about it and went and got it. Wow. Okay. So, and then he scores two touchdowns. Matter of fact, I think Brady threw the first one to him on purpose. Yeah. Okay. To thank him for coming back. Then second, Antonio Brown, he caught one touchdown pass. He had a horrific year self-caused and, um, and he, he not only recruited Brown after Brown served an eight game suspension, he invited Antonio Brown to live with his family in his house. And here's what Antonio Brown said. Brady lobbed me back in June, July, and August, and he was brought in. Okay. And the last was Fournette. Fournette scored the, the rushing touchdown um, that sealed the game. He had been cut by his previous team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They didn't want him. Brady reached out to him immediately. Mm -hmm. And here's what. Fournette says, he says, the first guy that hit me when it happened was Tom. He said, mm -hmm. Tom hit me like, man, I would love for you to come help us out. And he says, who wouldn't want to play with Tom? That's a wow. great question. He, Tom has become a person that people want to play with. Okay? Mm -hmm. He said, Brady just didn't leave the Patriots for Tampa. He just didn't set out to win an unprecedented seventh Super Bowl. He set out to build a team and recruit the people he needed. Mm -hmm. okay? And he stood on the stage with the MVP thing, never talked about himself, and pointed to all of his teammates and said, it's about yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, just really, really strong. Don't go, go it alone. alone. Don't go it alone. Yeah. And you've just practiced that in your, your life, right? Just so much that, you know, just trying to get the right people into the room, fill in the room and just working with the right people. Just it's been so important to you. Oh, yeah. Well, here's how I'd put it. I, I, I think God gets up in the morning and goes, I better surround Ray with really good people. We're going to be in real trouble. And, and he has, yeah. and you're one of them. I mean, Dave Bixby's, you know, yes. this, um, the, I, there's, I mean, Kurt, there's the list yes. is too numerous to mention. And the great thing is this, over the years, it, staffing's kind of like poker. Draw, discard, draw, discard, mm -hmm. draw, discard, and eventually have a winning hand. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, like, the two meetings we're in yesterday, mm -hmm. yeah, I just, I'm going, let's have lunch. We'll, we'll go lunch. Yeah. I just, it is, they're really good people, high leadership character, doing a great job. But there's just great people to sort of, it's kind of like you get to do life with them. Yeah. It's really a cool thing. Yeah. All right, should we wrap up with number okay. eight? come on, number All eight. All right, and here's the bonus one, number eight. And um, this is from Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, and almost everybody else. Keep going even when you're not good. Keep going even when you're not good. Okay. Brady began his career playing. And by the way, Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team, people. But he kept going. Brady um, began his career, and he was playing high school junior 
good football, didn't make the varsity. The team hadn't scored a touchdown all season, and still Brady was not good enough to be the starting quarterback of the JV football team. Okay, despite that he believed himself so much, he somehow scratched together a highlight reel. And he sent it to colleges hoping to get a chance. The tape somehow caught the eye of an assistant coach at the University of Michigan, and Brady got a chance. Still, when Brady was playing for the University of Michigan, he struggled to get playing time, but even though he wasn't good, he kept going. Okay, so he entered the NFL draft, okay, and he fell all the sixth round and was drafted, but he didn't go on the Patriots. He doesn't get to play until their starting quarterback, Drew Bledsoe, got injured, and that gave him a chance, and um, he hasn't looked back since. And I was thinking about that. All of those early, same thing with Michael Jordan, those early career setbacks prompt most people to quit. Yeah. The – discouragement from it causes people to quit. Okay. Bad feedback causes people to quit. Okay. Um, and at each stage of discouragement, his football story could have ended. Okay. And there's a great leadership principle here is meant even when you're not good, don't stop. I'm going to wrap over this. Even when you're not good, don't stop. Even when things aren't going well, don't stop. Mm. Even when your company's been put out of business by the governor for the third time, Mm. don't stop. Even when people leave your church and break your heart, don't stop. Even when the board you work with is hard to get along with, don't (laughs) stop. Even when you get negative letters that we all get from crazy lunatic people, don't stop. Um, If you learn anything from Brady, it is, man, it wasn't that good. But keep going even when you're not good. Even when you're not good, don't give in. Don't stop. Great, great advice. I know nothing about football, but I've learned a lot today. <laughs> and Ray, this is this is your absolute sweet zone, okay? A lot of God, a lot of leaders, and a lot of sports. I've never seen you even happier oh, yeah, at, yeah, at, that's at good. this that's moment. Good. And it continues next week, right? It continues next week because you got a special uh, guest that's coming on. That's right. Up. Tell them who's coming. Uh, this is a guy called Sam Acho. Am I pronouncing that right? And he is a former NFL player, public speaker, writer, uh, uh, humanitarian and uh, he just seems to be an all-round star right so he's going to be your guest next week yeah he's the co-host of the home team podcast and the cool thing about this guy is he's the founder and president of the nfl players association and athletes for justice he's a graduate of the university of texas from the thunderbird school of global management he has just released a new book let the world see you um, and I, we're fired up. We've never had this kind of before. It's gonna okay. Be that's going to so, be great. That's good. Well, hey, everyone, thank you so much for joining us today. It's always a privilege to have you on the Ray Johnson podcast, and we cannot wait to see you till next week. Uh, just keep studying Tom Brady and keep going, everybody. Yep, keep going, even when you're not good. <laughs> Thanks for being here, everybody. God bless. 